there's zero trust exchange in a text message. And all of the trust is in human communication verbally or through an emoji. Or emoji. emoji. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, I wonder, like, uh, 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 as a guy, am I allowed first? to, like, I don't want to send too many emojis. Like, that's kind of weird, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I could send an emoji, soften this nuance a little bit, but now are you going to perceive it that, like, yeah. I'm over the top with emojis? Welcome to the Disruptance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric Forney and Michael Bounds. Mike, every week on the show, we aim to disrupt the way entrepreneurs and real estate agents think about their business and about life in order to make them more profitable and productive. Last week, we talked about disrupting the way you think about the lies you've been told about business and life. And uh, we didn't get through all the lies that we've been told uh, that don't hold up anymore. And so um, let's continue that conversation today on on this episode about all the lies we've been told along the way that need to be uh, busted and and how they no longer apply or maybe they um, apply in a totally different way from a business standpoint. Yeah, I Tyler, totally what else? What other lies have you been told in life that um, that are not necessarily just December 25th related? Um, well, I would like to first state, I mean, Easter's around the corner. So, I mean, <laughs> the bunny, that's... the bunny will not come to your house. He'll come to mine though. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. We have a cabinet of Easter candy from last year yeah. that Hudson seems to find every day. That's awesome. I love Easter <laughs> You time. would love that. <laughs> um, but I was wondering as I was driving here, I saw some a variety of different listing agent signs. And what about fancier signs mm. is necessary? Do I like the nicer the house, the nicer the sign needs to be? Because I've also just seen some like, I mean, metal ones that look like they were like slapped together with clip art. Do listing signs matter? Are they like overrated or underrated? I believe there's like a standard, like there's, you don't want to go like lows, like, you know, like there's a certain standard of, but it also depends. Like if you're doing more of a luxury product, you want to have a sign that kind of reflects that. Um, but, um, I have regular signs. I don't have the hologram. What is stuff. regular? Like I just have like are, a like are they metal like frame like frame like the signs panel like signs that you just get shove from? in the ground. Well, no, they hang from the hangs from the wood. Okay, so you got the upgrade. You don't that have regular. You have a little me. extra bougie just then. <laughs> that sounds a little, <laughs> a little fancy. A little yeah. fancy. But so like, you've got a wood feel, post or something? No, I don't. Ha- I don't have a wood post. I just oh. I call a guy and he has the okay, wood post. Okay, so there we go. So somebody else, you got somebody else installing your signs on a wood post, <laughs> making them look fancy. Okay, cool. <laughs> so humble (laughs) that's just regular you know i'm just paying third party for this yeah i pay a third party to come in and make me look good yeah because there's no way i see you i guarantee you no way my ass is getting out in the winter time and digging a hole to put a post in for for sale sign so i'm with you we do the exact same thing leverage it's more about like i don't have time to go out you don't have to maintain your signs you don't have to warehouse them you don't have to install them you don't have to dig them up in the cold um Man, I've tried to install signs before and it's the ground's frozen and you've got to bring something to unthought with and jam those yard signs in. No, no more. 
Um, it's not even cost effective to do that. No. And like the amount, when you think about the amount of time and money it takes to drive out and install your own sign, no way. Uh, I still am baffled that agents, um, install their own signs. Yeah. To me, it is the most elementary thing on earth that you should never install your own sign. Um, it waste of time, waste of money. And I'm with you hundred percent. However, listing signs don't matter. And the reason why they don't, well, they don't matter for sellers. Because the day of um, your mommy and your daddy getting in the car and driving around looking for houses and, and <laughs> driving by a sign, gone. 96% of all buyers start their home search online, and that doesn't have anything to do with the listing sign. In fact, rules of the Board of Realtors can't even have a sign in the photo. So whether you have a sign in the photo or not in the photo right. doesn't really help. Where, you know why I like listing signs? Because they help me know while I'm driving to a house on my GPS, oh, that's the house in the neighborhood, the one with the sign out in front that I need to pull into that driveway. The only value of the listing sign for me as an agent is to know what driveway I'm pulling into when I show up to the property. However, as a, as a seller, listen, there are two sales in a real estate transaction, and most all sales are this way. But in a real estate transaction especially, I've got two sales. I've got the buyer mm-hmm. and the seller. Yep. And I need to sell the seller on why things matter. And sometimes you have to just do what the customer wants you to do because trying to convince them otherwise is a giant waste of time. Right. And that's where listing signs come into play. The seller will want a listing sign, save yourself the time and energy convincing them they don't matter by just doing it. And then the buyer is the totally different sale. The house and and the marketing sell uh, and the, con- the condition, the price, the marketing, sell the house itself. The listing signs for the seller, right? Make to satisfy their perceived need. Now, as a business owner, don't get me wrong, I get a lot of business yeah, signs. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Right. You get signed calls. You get you definitely you'll get signed calls. But I there's been times where I'll actually sell the house before the sign is even in, like literally yep. houses are selling so fast. Yeah, people are calling me for my sign call, and I'm like, I'm sorry, it's already sold. But I'll be more than happy to go out and show you something else. And that's how that's where the value is on having a sign. So I guess I misunderstood the question. I thought it was like, do you want a fancy sign or do you want like a, like signs are really important. Um, but whether or not it's like a super fancy sign or, you know, uh, a square. I just said mine's like a rectangle, you know, but I do leverage it out. And so anyway. Man, you know, here's the thing too, Mike, we're both in the agent, um, um, development business right. really, you know, yeah. like we, we both still are active in the, in helping, um, clients, uh, you know, transact real estate and yet the largest amount of our time is really on agent development. Yeah. And the thing that, you know, when I'm talking to an agent who's not with, with, um, Keller Williams, the thing that I talk to them about a lot of times is that the the brand and the branding of your sign is irrelevant it and that's the beauty of keller williams is that we believe that the agent is the business and should be the focal point of the brand and the branding and so the agent who is at that franchise of mass adoption and restriction around hey your sign has to be this way but there's no benefit for the agent right is the one who is losing all of the value on actually being able to capitalize and monetize on the compounding benefit of what a sign does actually um, allow you to have as an agent. 
So the counter argument I'm going making with myself though, then is, is as a, there as a team, all of our, all of our signs are unified. Even if I'm not the listing agent, right? They all still have the same uniform sign. Here's where our agents as a team benefit from compounding though. And that's because whenever the call comes in, it goes directly to the team to, to generate that, that consumer capture. Right. And then to, um, set up showings, set up additional searches and add one additional client to our database, ideally as a past client. And so, you know, we sold 33 houses, um, last year on, from listing signs and from people calling in directly about signs. So I know that they matter. They just don't matter the way everyone thinks they do. I agree. I'm satisfied with that answer, but what I'm not satisfied with is, (laughs) trying to find a smooth transition oh well i guess the agents that that are out there now like we are i feel like we're this like shift where there was hustle culture and now there's kind of a shift Mm -hmm. and that was like maybe 2015 2016 and then now i feel like there's kind of like a, a tapering back of hustle culture to more mindfulness balance balance and um and I feel like uh, last year definitely kind of like kind of forced that upon some people. Um, but what that's what I'm getting at is, do you think it is overrated or underrated to be available 24 seven as a real estate agent? Uh, I'm going to say that is overrated. Um, I know this market is really hot. I know that this market is really um, like, so you have to take advantage of every opportunity. Um, but that's why you have to be smart and strategic and have partnerships. Mike, so, do you ever go anywhere without your cell phone? No. Like, do you like carry it with you pretty much everywhere? I carry it everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so like, I, I that's what's weird license. though, right? Like yeah. you're on demand though. I know. I know. But <laughs> are you not on demand? Like, that's what I'm trying to, like, that's what I'm trying to understand. Like you have, we, I, I carry, I literally carry my cell phone into the shower. Yeah. Like it sits on the niche in my shower. It's waterproof. I made sure I bought a waterproof phone because I have it with me all yeah. the time. Yeah. I'm not saying smart. Yeah. We can debate that and I don't have a good argument for it. However, um, I'm, I'm monetized my time by using time I'm in a shower to do something effective uh, by listening usually to a book or book, something. Yeah. On, I listen to books all the right? time. Yeah. A live stream, whatever it's cool or whatever. Or the disruptance podcast. That's you right. Guys can listen right. to that in the shower. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> are, but so you have your phone with you all the time, but you're not on demand. Is that, is that what you're saying? So I'm you saying be, that or agent I, shouldn't I be? am trying to not be so much like this. I mean, you're on demand and when you're, I mean, you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur like 24 uh, seven. But if you set clear expectations that the people will call me at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, they still do or they did. They did. Yeah. Until I, I had to set proper expectations yeah. that, you know, these are the hours that I'm working and I'll, this is the thing I'm not going to, uh, I work really hard to make sure that everybody gets met with in a timely manner, but um, some people can kind of push it a little far. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What's so, your take? So should agents be on demand? You think like set like seven days a week, 
Like, here's what's interesting. So I was looking on Google. That's the reason I asked this. This is a fact. So I was looking on Google this week and um, I was looking at real estate agents and like the hours because like Google sent a prompt and said, hey, confirm your hours for, you know, holiday. Are you still these holiday hours? And I'm like, gosh, I don't know. What did we even put our hours were? And so I saw it said we were we were open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I right. guess that's what Google says. Because I looked, some agents were 24 seven, some were 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And so my thought is when I think about on demand, I think about what are your hours? And so there's the 24 seven agent and then there's the nine to five agent. What's the, what's the right approach you think? Uh, I think it depends on you and where okay. you are in your career. So like I used to be 24 hour yeah. day agent. And so I think that in my career, I'm now become nine to, five agent yeah and so i feel like i can even do more in those hours like as you get better in your career and you get more efficient um you don't have to be 20 when i was 24 7 realtor it was when i was inefficient yeah i'm with you so i, w- I was 24 7 for sure <laughs> um and you know man there's nothing that i think um I didn't believe that I could not be. Me neither. Like, I couldn't I didn't see believe it was possible to not. Yeah. It took mo- several. It took three to four years to believe that it was possible to not be. Let me tell you what. When you go out of twenty four seven, the the haters show up <laughs> at your door to hate. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had a long list of haters because I'm not available twenty four seven. You know what the longest list of haters is? Not my clients. Their agents. Other, that's right. Other, agents. other business owners and other real estate agents. I already agents. know. And my thought is, is why on earth do we do the most um, like savage things to our own people? We eat our own young in this business because there are agents who expect us to be on available 24-7, which means we're, we're inflicting... Yeah. And a miserable existence upon our own industry to be available twenty four seven by putting that expectation onto agents. And you know what? Ha- where I finally came to see the light was I went to a I went to a uh, charity event one time in um, with with a with a great friend of mine, Kellyanne Harris. I went to Owensboro, Kentucky, for a charity event on a Saturday, and the event started at five p.m. Okay. And, um, we had 144 showings from like Thursday to Saturday Mm -hmm. and I had like 38 offers and, uh, I was without my phone from 5 PM till, you know, the next day at probably 10 in the morning or whatever. And man, the hate I got from agents during that brief period of time that I couldn't go to a charity event on a Saturday night without having my phone despite the fact that there were 140 some people that wanted that needed something supposedly from me was like no i'm not going to live like this yeah it got me where i was it won't get me to any actual way of living and so um i think it's i think it's insane Mm -hmm. that we inflict that sort of lifestyle onto our industry and so what it really prompted me to do was think about okay if I want to run a business in an on-demand world where, listen, everything's on demand, right? We ordered Uber Eats last night at nine o'clock. So we're not, it's not as though I don't want on-demand. Right. I do. Um, I thought, though, how do I build a business that's not on-demand all the time? 
And so the question I had to ask myself was, well, has anyone done that? Does it exist in the market today? And so what I realized was, is that I bought my house from HUD and then I bought another one from Fannie Mae. Well, funny enough, nobody seems to be available at Fannie Mae at 7 p.m. to take my call. In fact, right. they're hardly available at 10 a.m. Right. Or, or 1 p.m. Right. And you know what? I still bought the damn house. Right. And so did apparently everyone else in this country that bought from um, an entity that was open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. They sold way more houses than I did. Right. So it has to be possible. The question is, am I committed to building the system that's required in order to make that happen? And so that's how we run it for the most part today. And it still gets hate. I mean, I still got a ton of complaints yesterday because of that. And you know what? Properties all still sold. Yeah. People still bought them because you know why? We set the expectations. These are the rules of engagement up front. And these are the rules of engagement, how it works. If you want to play by the rules, you get the outcome. Yeah. If you don't, you don't. And so I know it works at scale, but man, not being on demand will make you hated. Yeah, it's hard. It is really hard. So in this business, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I witnessed that last night. My brother was supposed to come over and all of a sudden he had deals just blowing up. It was 730 yeah. on a Saturday night. Saturday yeah, night. it was he was going to come over and then all of a sudden I get a text and then he was trying to save a deal from some appraisal issue. Just some, <laughs> some crazy real estate stuff. I, mean, I think you like, can do oh. it. I think you can do it. You just have to have boundaries and you have to, the guilt around not being available 24 yeah. seven is the thing you have to let That's go of. Yeah. That was the heaviest freaking part of on demand as a business owner. Yeah. I mean, dude, I was on, I was on a call 1130 on Friday night talking about real estate. It's not that I won't do it. It's just that I'll do it selectively and strategically yeah. on if how it makes me feel and what commitments I've made to a customer. Right. Right. Um, let's, uh, how much time we got left, Kate? We got time for one more. One more. Okay. Let's, uh, this kind of ties back a little bit to to so many lies uh, though. Only one. So many, (laughs) um, this 24 seven concept. Okay. What about, so I think that really kicked into gear when, unlimited text messaging became a thing yeah um it used to be like don't text me that's 25 cents you know back in the day do you remember that time yeah man t9 i can still i got got muscle memory on my flip phone man that's good yep so uh but i feel like texting really became a thing once the iphone like really kind of started getting integrated into american culture a little bit more and then all the ways that you can kind of text somebody now. It's not just a text message. You can send them a DM on Facebook yeah. Messenger, on Instagram, uh, literally any platform. I probably have like four conversations oh with Eric gosh, on my, my, all these different platforms where we just like send each other content. We're like, you see this? Do you see that? And we're like, some of it's on TikTok, some of it's on Facebook, some of it's on Instagram, some of it's on YouTube. And so what are your thoughts on like text messaging as a real estate agent by utilizing text is texting as a millennial? I'm like, yeah, I'd rather text somebody. Okay. But I also know the the bennies of doing an old school phone call. So tell me, okay. is text messaging overrated or underrated and why? You want to go? Um, no, you go for it. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'm I'll kinda, go. I'll get on one. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm going to let. That's good. I want to go first because I'm kind of meh. 
Yeah. I'm kind of mad. Like, I feel like um, text message is like, it depends on the client, like what they're, you know, what, how they want to be communicated to. Um, I do a lot of texting. I do a lot of calling, but I think it's more of a supportive thing. Like to be honest with you, um, being on the phone, banging out phone calls is number one. And text message is a means for me to get you on the phone. So I'm kind of at the end of the day, I use text messaging as a tool to either get on the phone with them and objective to get on the phone with them is to get in front of them. You I'm see following. what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm, I'm kind of, my answer to that is like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I follow. Mike, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a stat that says that you are correct about your assessment of where text messages are useful. 80, and this number may have changed. Last I heard 84% of all Zillow leads from consumers respond to text messages. Okay, so overwhelmingly, the quickest response mechanism to a stranger or a consumer clicking through online was via text. And so the percentage of those who answered their phone right away from a Zillow rep was much lower than those that responded to text message. So text messages serve a purpose, which is to at least gain engagement or to, to possibly get permission. Now... In my opinion, you either are really have a really good effective text message in order to gain engagement or you don't or you don't ever gain engagement. Right. And so it all matters on how you use it and when you use it. Otherwise, text messages are completely trash, worthless and have no business in our business and 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 in business in general because the here's what I would challenge you to do is, is um, stop talking to your wife or to your spouse. And just text them. No. Just text them. Don't take them out. Don't have conversations. Don't build trust via yeah. via communication or face-to-face. Just text. Tyler, you're a millennial. Just live on your text messages and see how your relationship Damn. pans out. And, um, you know, funny enough, just to interrupt real quick, I yeah. do notice when I go out of town, I'm on Snapchat to her more. Yeah, we both are I feel like so yeah. much more because then leaves. I can send like video real quick mm-hmm. of like what's happening or yeah, yeah. Our Snapchat usage always skyrockets. Then. I have noticed that actually. Mm. Now that you mention that, you do you, you do message on Snap. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I agree with that. I totally your take is. I think we're saying the same thing. It, so text messages are garbage because they they exchange nothing actually of trust. There is no trust exchange in a text message. There is merely information exchange in a text message. And most of it is poor. So unless we have actual data and and understandable nuance via text message, it has no part in play in business. And that's because there's zero trust exchange in a text message. And all of the trust is in human communication verbally or through an emoji. Or emoji. emoji. Yeah. Even then, I wonder, like, uh, uh, as a guy, am I allowed to, like, I don't want to send too many emojis. Like, that's kind of weird, right? So, I'm like, I could send an emoji, soften this nuance a little bit, but now are you going to perceive it that, like, I'm over the top with emojis? It's way easier to just pick up the phone and have that conversation, hear that tonality, and and, um, actually exchange trust. And, you know, I think about, too, with the Zoom versus is in person 
And, you know, we're, we're the evolution of Neanderthals, right? We're not nearly as sophisticated as we want to believe that we are. And so we think we could do this zoom trust concept. And the reality is, is that I can watch a video on YouTube from an event that I was at in person. And it is not the same event. That's right. What I heard in person and experienced and felt is not what I see on digital streaming. Yeah, because there is something palpable about being in person at an event or being face to face with someone. I look forward to you guys coming here and actually like being here in person to hang out. We could jump on a phone call and have a great conversation, but it would be different than when we're all here, which is exponentially better than if we were on a text thread. Absolutely. So sure. if you're still surviving on text message in your business, stop it. Pick up the phone and talk to other people. And then you don't even have, you, the only reason we're on demand is because of text messages. You're right. Because if you stop responding to people on text messages after a certain time of night, they actually stop trying to contact yeah. you after a certain time of night and they stop trying to contact you via text message. Yeah. That could be a game any realtors can try out for us this week is if you get a text message after you are done working, try calling them yeah. immediately yeah, and then see if they answer. And then, uh, what do you think will happen? and then I don't think they'll answer. Yeah. Especially oh, if you're working you're with like a millennial real estate text agent. You, you call them back. Yeah. yeah. Client yeah, or other real estate agent. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. then it's like you're almost kind of challenging them. How important is this? Are you ready to have a phone call about it? Yeah. That's another level of commitment. That's a really good point. Because I would get people texting for listings at like 10 p.m. Yeah. But if I called them back, they probably would have been weirded out. Yeah. 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 And one thing that uh, texting versus calling, uh, one thing that we've done with this market being so uh, competitive is I've told the crew, Stop texting these agents. If That's you're right. A buyer's That's agent. Right. Quit texting the other right. agent and say, "Hey, I'm going to send you an offer." Pick up the phone That's and right. call that agent. Yeah. And say, "Hey, I'm sending you an offer." Yeah. And try to have a personal dialogue mm-hmm. and conversation so you can customize that purchase agreement. Yeah, that's right. So what that seller's with the seller. Not only wants. that, but remember, communication and exchange is trust. Yes. That agent already trusts you now yeah. because you had that conversation. Out of the ten that's offers, right. only one person right. picked up the had the wherewithal to pick yeah. up the phone and call. Yeah. So point. guess what? Who's winning offers? That's right. Right. Yeah. Most people don't won't even call the other agent when they nope. make an offer. Nope. I had twelve. I had twelve offers the other day on on a, on one listing, and, and the first day was on the market, and only one of them did I talk to on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's guess it's which one. Rare. Guess which one I went with. Yeah. The one that the one that I talked to on the phone because I was like, hey, you're not the best offer. Here's what it would have to look like in order to make it the best thing and everything the seller wants. Yep. That agent said, okay, cool. And he gave you a new offer that, lo- that looks just like what the seller wanted. And why are we so scared to talk to people? I don't know. But to me, that like I noticed that though, I sound like an old man. Get off my lawn! <laughs> but like I don't like it. We it, it seems to progressively <laughs> get worse and worse. And so, um, I, I think you know the there's a huge, huge uh, increase by by having phone conversations yeah. like. I we're losing the art. Here's it's a, a skill set. We're losing. That's it. right. In this in in today's business environment, whether you're a whether you're a contractor, 
um, whether you're a real estate agent or you know a number of different things, the choices of business providers is limitless right now. Right. And the consumer has more money than ever because their money is worth less than ever, but they're spending it because no one's used to this, right? And so because of that, people throw money around at whomever. And so it's a competitive environment. And if I'm competing in our, in our industry, I know I can stomp 99.9% .9 of the competitors by having phone conversations and in-person appointments. That's it. Because it's a whole different trust exchange yeah. and credibility as soon as we can get face-to-face -face or we can get voice-to-voice. -voice. Yeah, yeah. And so the person who's still trying to survive with the, with the thumbs yeah. Get, get stomped out by someone who will, who will go old school and trust. And that's what we were talking about, I guess, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the algorithms and, and Zillow. I mean, that is the part that, um, that can't be replicated. And yeah. the top 20% have figured that out. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, that's why video builds trust yeah. though, too. A video builds trust with the, with the consumer, the way that TV yeah. The way that the, the way that news media or the way that, um, you know, morning DJs build trust with their audience is yeah. that has been um, has been given to those using social media right now and actually capturing that uh, benefit of having the, the video trust or, or all that. Absolutely. That's that, why I spend so much time doing it. Yeah. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, I think we could talk a lot about lies for a while. Um, I'm sure that we could uh, find some other lies. Jesse Ventura. I think Jesse Ventura has a list of like the, the you know, the 60 biggest lies in American history. But uh, I'm sure there's a probably we need to make a 60 lies of real estate because there are way more yeah. um, than than this. But um, yeah, if you uh, are listening or watching, um, let us know what lies that you want us to possibly debunk or rate i think taxes are one for me we should have did open like, houses open houses taxes i think the lot the like the lie of like Pins. that not paying taxes is a bad thing i think the government doesn't want you to pay taxes mike there i feel go. like you're just set up our next episode there, there it is i don't think the government wants there, you to pay taxes they put that's them my loopholes in there that's right I guess we know who's getting audited this year yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <hey. laughs> those that those that get elected uh seem to pay the least in taxes yeah. and i think there's a reason why yep